Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. I come to work with two hands every day and I'm trying to bless somebody. We better be in Florida. It better be sunny. And there better be some sort of fruity drink involved. With Matt Harmon. It seems like you know ball the way you talk, so. <laughs> Thank you. Someone clip that. You can get on a podcast. You can get online. You can argue with the clouds. You can argue with the, with the Russian bots. Don't care. Good morning. It's Wednesday, October 5th. Welcome to the podcast sponsored by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation, the makers of Lecvio in Clizerin. Big show today, folks. Big, big show. We're going to look around the AFC West. We know that. We're going to answer some Ask Austin questions, and we're going to also talk with NASCAR legend Dale Earnhardt Jr., but let me not bury the lead here. Joining me as he is every Wednesday, it's LA Chargers, three touchdown running back, Austin Eckler. Austin, <laughs> I, I'm, I am so happy. Uh, like the first few questions, I, I don't have to ask you, you know, hey, cut, what's the deal with the usage, any of that stuff? I'm, we're feeling good here coming out of week four, man. Yeah, you know, when, when you put up some production, you put up some good fantasy points, you know, people in the community are going to be happy, you know, but look, you know, I got some some usage that I saw in the first couple of weeks, but I was able to do more with those. Um, and so I think that's just a, a sign of us getting in, hopefully into a rhythm. It's only one game, so I don't want everyone to get all hyped up. Oh, we're back. Like, no, nah, we got to do it week in, week out. That's what I'm looking for anyway, us to be able to do it again um, against what I would say is a tougher opponent, you know, within within the Browns. And look, it feels good to be back, though. Feels good to be back in the end zone. Finally, yeah. Uh, I can't take enough away from that. Uh, shout out to the O line, get me in, um, and yeah, give me some opportunities to to go score. And so, finally, was able to dust off the old air guitar and uh, break it out a couple times on last Sunday. Well, it felt good for me to see. It felt good for uh, the people out there that obviously have you on their fantasy teams. But most importantly, yeah, I'm sure it felt good for you to break that touchdown drought and just get just get a good win, good team win, uh, as you said, after the game. Like I said, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about here today. But first, got to take care of some business here. You've heard us talk about it every week on the show. If you're not playing Daily Fantasy on Yahoo, now is the time to start. To get started, go to yahoo.com slash Daily Fantasy and use the promo code HARMON15 or just hey, click the link. Hey, promo code. Let's go. <laughs> hey, it's, nice. it's not the, yeah, it's not the worst thing in the world. Uh, Co-host <laughs> yesterday, Andy Barron's uh, 
said he's been at the company for like, you know, w- w- like five times, ten times as long as I had. Never had his own promo code, Austin. So mm. maybe we'll get an mm. Eckler, Eckler 31 next. No, no, that. I don't want to steal your thunder, man. That's all you. That's <laughs> out, out to Matt. Yeah, use that Harmon code for sure. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. Or you can also click the link in the episode description and use the code Harmon15 on your first $5 deposit or more. And Yahoo will give you an extra 15 bucks in site credit. Remember, that comes right out of Andy Barron's salary. Again, the code is <laughs> H-A-R-M-O-N-1-5 to get your first deposit bonus. The code is active until October 9th and cannot be combined with other bonuses. Rewards, program, terms apply. Austin, I'm giving away uh, Andy Barron's salary for the people to play DFS. You're also doing giveaways. Let's let's pump yeah, that up a little bit since, for the people. I guess since we're on the topic of giveaways, you know, I have my same weekly giveaway going. If you have me on your fantasy football team, make sure to tag me with a picture of it on Instagram or Twitter, and then that will enter you to win. I give away two signed jerseys every single week, and uh, follow me on Instagram and Twitter to uh, figure out who the winners are. Um, and so with those have been going strong. We just ordered a bunch more jerseys so we can keep uh, keep the engagement going. So I appreciate all y'all that have me on the team. Thanks for the support. Looking forward to more. Hell yeah. Uh, we are looking forward to more. Chargers 34, Texans 24. Let's get right into it. Austin, obviously, as you said, this game got in the end zone three times. You were overall super efficient on the ground, 4.6 yards per carry compared to the first three weeks. What felt different uh, this week than the other weeks? Oh, what felt different, man. I think it, I think it came down to me seeing a little bit more clear, I would say. Just getting more into a rhythm of with the O-line and with our scheme, with, uh, with what we're trying to do. We had a couple wrinkles in there. I don't want to get too deep into the weeds. Uh, a couple wrinkles, but just being able to almost slow myself down and my mind down by just being on the same page. Um, and we ran a lot of the same stuff that we have in the past. And so that takes some repetition to finally be like, okay, now I feel like I know how we're going to be blocking this and what the, what the flow of it's going to be, what, how Corey's, you know, trying to attack, uh, you know, his assignment and things like that. It, it all, it all meshes together. All these little things matter. You know, a half a step means the difference between, you know, an arm tackle or, you know, getting four or five, six yards up the field. Um, and so, it comes down to repetition, right? Repetition, putting it together in practice, and then actually coming and applying it to the game. Um, and so what was different? I would say just more time to be practicing and actually doing it, um, which, you know, hopefully we can continue to to build on that now, right? Just every streak starts with one. We got one in the books as far as a win and got the run game in the right direction. We still have room to go. As a running back coach was saying, he's like, you ever see that friend you know, when you're eating chicken wings and they never eat all the meat that's on the bone. He's like, that's how I felt. He's like, that's how I felt. He's like, there was more meat on that bone out there that we could have got. And so it's like, hey, we're we're getting there, but we still got a long way to go. And I agree with him. Yeah, don't even get me started on the people who leave meat on the on the bone on the chicken wing, man. I mean, that's a that is a cardinal sin. Okay. You you come come around you come around the Harmon household and leave meat on the bone from a chicken wing perspective. You it might be the last time you get the invite over, right. or at least you're going to be corrected. You know, let's like you get those people way. that have like they'll have like the drums, uh, the drumstick, and they'll just like eat like a little ring around it and like put it down. It's like, like, um, excuse me, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, good stuff. Yeah, so no, I could so, paint that picture for you. Oh, well, I mean, that's a good analogy, and and that's a phrase you hear a lot. I think with um with the running game and running backs like there's always like there's meat left on the bone that type of stuff and you know from a fantasy perspective before we kind of break down you know more of the game we talk so much about you know the freak out about 
Austin Eckler season, you know, this, that, and that. Like, he's a top five pick, and, like, he's, you know, not only scoring this many points. If you look at, like, the standings right now, Austin, you're the fifth highest scoring running back on the season. And obviously some of that is, like. Wow. Really? <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know that. See, look, I know I had a couple rough weeks, but. The thing is, like, what's my team? My team believes in me. I believe in myself. They're giving me opportunities. So I'm still squeaking out, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 points here and there. I just haven't had those big touchdown uh, games that I've had in the past. And so finally got in this last week. So it's going to turn those 10, 12 games into 20, 30-point games, you know? Yeah, exactly. You know, obviously, this is what sometimes fantasy points come in in Costco they come in 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 bulk there right <laughs> so that's the way it is and and you're still lapping the field in terms of like targets catches at the running back position so sometimes you got to be a little patient and, and this is what uh I, I say this all the time to folks out there Austin and and I, I'm sure it, it, it kind of comes into your guys mind too from a production standpoint we talked about riding the wave on the on the last episode right um not everybody goes out there and is Cooper Cup and like puts up in a and even Cooper Cup like has some slower games but just every single week great 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 or you know solid 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 every single week for a lot of guys like it can come in bulk like this and and your superstars in fantasy and Austin you were obviously drafted as a superstar in fantasy that that's how it is man like you they're going to give you those weeks Austin's going to give you those weeks where he scores three freaking touchdowns and like unless you blew it at every other spot on your on your roster you probably won that week because of that individual effort but um going back into sort of the game a little more one thing that really caught my eye you know obviously we had a big injury we talked about last week Rashawn Slater he was all pro level left tackle as a rookie he was awesome you guys lose him for the season but you know I think myself included some folks might have just expected you guys to flip like storm norton to left tackle who had battled with the right tackle position but you had a a, a, a six round rookie J- tell me if i'm saying his name right jamari Sawyer. Yep. Yeah, J- jamari it was really impressive in this game in left tackle like I'm, I'm watching it went back and watched the film too and like he's blowing guys up in the run game playing pretty well in pass protection like that that's a guy i wanted to call out when, on the show because it was really impressive and i think you know, sort of kind of sneaky. Like if, if he had been a, if he'd been an offensive skill position player, we'd talk, be talking about him all week, but like, we got to give some love to the lineman here too. Yeah, no doubt. And it's a position he played in college actually. So he had familiarity with playing that spot. Um, and obviously we had Rashawn there. So it's like, where can we fit Jamari in? So we had, we're trying him out at guard, trying him out at tackle. And yeah, it meant he was holding it down. You know, he'll have a, he'll have a pretty good challenge this week, you know, coming up with the, oh, yeah. uh, you know, with the werewolf over there in, in Cleveland, uh, Miles Garrett. Uh, so it was good. It was a good game for him to get his feet wet, you know, see how he does. We make sure we're protecting him, but he didn't really need it. He showed that he can hold his own. Um, and then just like myself, we're going to see if, you know, you can do it again. Can you do it again? Right. And then can we do it again? Right. And we'll continue to just we switch it up enough where I think we take some pressure off of almost all of us. Um, because we're we're mixing it up in the run games, you know, the deep throws, the short throws, the quick throws, you know, some play action. So we have enough, I guess, uh, balance in our offense that it really keeps the uh, the defense on their toes. Like they can't just straight up rush up field every single play, and so that definitely helps out. Um, so yeah, very proud of him. You know, he got a game ball. That's what's up. Well deserved. Um, and uh, looking forward to getting to work with him on Wednesday or today, I guess. Yeah, yeah. No, it's exciting, man. Um, when you have guys step up unexpectedly and fill, you know, because again, six round rookie, like you don't expect I, I wouldn't say that I wouldn't say it was unexpectedly, just the result okay. was unexpected, right? Yeah. Like we're expecting him to step up, 
right? To the degree of that uh, efficiency, we don't know. Like, where where is he going to step up? Like, you know, is he going to give up a couple sacks, get beat around the corner? It wasn't really like that. Um, you know, there's things that we can all can all can clean up, but that's football. Um, so yeah, you know, shout out to shout out to him coming in. Another guy that came in was Michael Bandy. He made two big catches for us. Um, that came in one of our little receivers. Um, I say little because he he's short, not because of his play status. Because yeah, he's actually sure, sure. he's an absolute stud. But um, came in, made some some good catches too, and he's been showing out for us uh, all season or all preseason. So I was happy to see him get some some burn in there as well. You guys uh, just have some. I don't want to say like random. Sounds like disrespectful, but unexpected guy seemingly pop up. You know, every single week you've had this like fullback. What's his name? Z- Xander. Xander, yeah, he's, he's popped in a couple of touchdowns. Obviously, we <laughs> talked about DeAndre Carter's big week one, but that's the mark of, a, of an offense that is captained by a quarterback that we all believe is, you know, one of the best guys in the sport, right? Like talent elevating play at quarterback will bring these yeah. guys like like Bandy, like Xander up every mm-hmm. now and again, man. That's just absolutely how it goes. absolutely. And yeah, I think we saw that a lot with, uh, you know, Tom Brady. You know, we yeah. saw that a lot with him where it's like, man, you got these guys that aren't getting really paid, but they're balling out, out there. Right. It's because he's giving them opportunities. You know, O-line's protecting him and he's putting the ball in spots where, you know, it's undefendable or making the right decisions where it's like on time. Can't defend it. So, yeah, it, like I said, man, playing with Jay Hurd makes me want to continue to play for a lot longer. So I'm I'm enjoying enjoying life right now. You brought up play action earlier, and I, this is something I wanted to talk with you about. You know, in week four, um, Justin Herbert, 14 play action attempts, uh, according to Pro Football Focus, the second highest on the week. Only Geno Smith, the great Geno Smith. Uh, <laughs> I mean, my God, Geno is balling out there. 53% of his dropbacks were play action uh, in week four. That just Shout out to Geno, man. He's, uh, he's executing that offense really well. But Herbert, 14 attempts on play action, 11.9 yards per attempt on play action throws. How much like can you speak a little bit on like how the play action game marries with the running game? Because that is sort of a debate uh, and a topic of discussion, I guess, a lot among like football observers, just how much those things kind of fl- flow together. So I'm curious about your perspective on it since you brought it up. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not really some fans I would say even pay attention to, you know, like you have to actually like want to know about the game to I feel like dive into the, actually the effectiveness of doing play actions and things like that. And so for y'all fans out there that know nothing about play action, what play action even means is basically we fake run the ball in a passing play, right? So whether I'm coming across the quarterback in the gun or coming under center and coming around, Justin's faking me the ball and then getting his his eyes down the field. And so what that allows us to do uh, from my perspective is it allows us to freeze the linebackers. A lot of times it's not very long. Like they understand they're really smart. They see the O-line doing a pass set and they're already out. They're dropping out. But it's that one split second where it's like, oh, he he could be handed it off. That holds them for, like I said, it's literally like half a second to one second. If you hold them for one second, that's a long time in an NFL play that are averaging five, four or five seconds. Um, so what it allows us to do is get separation, right? Because while this is all going on, we have receivers going long. We have receivers coming across. So we're starting to stretch the defense out, which what happens if you stretch the defense out? Well, there's more space right? More space is being created in the defense, which allows more lanes to throw the ball, right? What you do have to risk, though, is your pass pro, because if someone is rushing up the field, a lot of times, you know, the quarterback's not got it. He doesn't have his eyes down the field right now. If someone gets beat right now, you know, you're going to probably take a big sack uh, where otherwise he could get the ball out quick to a hot throw or throw it out or dirt it. So 
what it allows you to do if you can execute it is get some more separation, holds the linebackers in, and uh, yeah, makes it makes it a little bit easier to to find some throwing lanes. Do you find that because um, you know obviously your running game hasn't popped off all year? You had a great game in, in week four, but we've discussed about the struggles to kind of run the ball in the first three weeks. But you know, nevertheless, like you look at Herbert's numbers and they're so much better in play action than not in play action. Like his completion percentage is 10.7% higher. His yards per attempt is like 2.3 uh, yards higher. And uh, you said it earlier, like fans might not know this. stuff. You'd be surprised, man. Like if folks are listening to a football podcast in October, you, you know, <laughs> like they're, they're they want to know this stuff, man. So like never yeah. feel like you're, you, I mean, it's good to explain it, obviously, but never feel like people don't care about this stuff because I'm telling you, like, people want to know from an NFL player more about the For sport sure. like this. For sure. Um, and and on the, it's just interesting that – do you ever find that, like, it doesn't even really matter if you're running the ball that well. Sometimes, like, play action is just a good, like, thing to have in your back pocket anyways because it's just, quarterbacks are just more efficient in that style. I mean, I've never thought of it like that. That's a little, maybe a little deeper than my thinking. Um, you know, I'm thinking a bit more strategically as far as, you know, just what it does to the defense, not necessarily like, oh, these are our higher percentage uh, or efficient plays. And if that's the case, then that's that's great for us because, you know, people are like, regardless if we have a great run game or not, like, like we, I didn't think we ran the ball that well. We still ran the ball. Like, we were still more efficient. Like, I averaged more per carry, but we only had, I don't even know how many yards we had. Like, 70 80 somewhere in there maybe um so it still wasn't like a crazy run game and we're dead last in rushing yards per game right but here's the thing you still have to respect the run um and so when it when he does that with jay herb's just so efficient in general right if you're putting stretch on the defense like that's just i mean it's going to make it even more efficient right it's like it's, right. it's even easier for him so what's easy for him right now just stand in the pocket he can do that yeah but if you also give him a little more of an advantage as far as being able to see the defense, and maybe it's maybe it's the rhythm of the play that he really likes too. You know, there's a lot of different factors that might play into that for him uh, personally, because there is some type of rhythmic flow where it's pro pop up, and you're looking for this. You're looking at boom one two right now. Um, usually, it's usually not sitting up in the pocket unless it's like some type of sprint out type of thing. And I guess that's that's another type of, you know, play action that we have that I didn't really speak out is the, is the rollouts, right? Where we're rolling out and now it's allowing him to run. And we've seen so many great throws that he can make on the run down the field. But what does that do? It's buying time. It's stretching out the defense. So it still has the same concept. And yeah, hey, we'll keep running. We ran them all last year too. Uh, I'd be yeah. interested to hear the numbers from, from that last year for the same type of like percentages and stuff. So far this year, Justin Herbert it has the third highest drop back percentage with play action. He's only behind like Marcus Mariota, Daniel Jones, Tua. Um, so he's, yeah, he's fourth in terms of guys that have like played you know the majority of the first few games. So obviously, and then the other guys are up there kind of higher, like you know Tyrod Taylor who got a like three dropbacks in that game, but on the same offense. So I I think it's really fascinating to see like you you mentioned just the effect on the defense, all that stuff. But you know it's a, it's like an art thing for quarterbacks too. Peyton Manning was always so great at like actually selling the play action fake because sometimes you see guys and you know they sell the fake. It's like, come on, man! Like everybody knows. Right. Yeah. Some so people show like a hand. There's no ball yeah. in the hand. And be like, ah, you know. Like I, remember, I remember Phil used to do that sometimes. Uh, he used to like show a hand, like show a hand, like ah, I'm like okay, or just go like this. Like he just go like ah, that was his, that was his ball fake. He was like, all right, all right man. That, I mean, hey, that that's not much, but it, whatever, we'll take it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I, I'm looking it up as we're talking about it. Like 
last year, uh, 27.6% dropbacks of play action for Herbert. He's like around 37% so far this year. He was like, mm. like well outside the top 15 quarterbacks. So maybe that's a, hey, that's something that's gone a little bit different this year. And it's a, uh, it's interesting. It's something to keep thinking about. Uh, I think that play action game will only get better uh, when Keenan Allen gets back in there, like as you know, a deadly middle of the field route runner as well. So a lot of good stuff there. A lot of good stuff uh, on the play action. I, I love to think about that. One other thing I wanted to ask you about this game before we move on. Obviously, you guys got the win over the Texans. The Texans are sort of in a they're in a rebuild mode, right? Like they're trying to find some young yeah, guys. They haven't like won a game. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it is what it is. They have not won a game, but. They are looking for sort of younger pieces on that team. One guy in particular, Damian Pierce. Um, yeah. That guy can play for sure. Um, shout out to my mom. I mentioned this on the uh, podcast with Andy yesterday. Picked up Damian Pierce like someone dropped her, dropped him in her, in her league, and, and she picked him up, started him, and, and won last week. So pretty shout out to my mom for that. Damian Pierce, though, any thoughts on what you saw out of, out of that guy? Like rookie running back and you know, just, just ripped off one explosive run and generally just looks like a pretty good player right now. Yeah, dude's a stud, man. And I think, you know, we saw that, you know, come, when he was coming out uh, of college, you know, it, he kind of reminds me of uh, Robinson out in uh, um, mm. uh, Jacksonville. Jacksonville, you know, yeah. kind of like the same type of body, like thick, um, like bowling ball type body that, that, is, that can run. Uh, and when you have that type of body, it's just hard to bring those guys down when you have these thick, you know, those squatty bodies, I call it, right? Our <laughs> little shorter bodies, yeah. squatty <laughs> bodies, baby. Uh, it's hard to bring us down just because our legs, are, our center of gravity is so low, our legs are thick. And so we can protect ourselves and use our shoulder pads very well. Um, I saw that a lot from him, you know, it's just coming downhill, you know, being efficient. Uh, I think, like I said before the season, like it was going to be interesting to see, you know, he's in a situation where they're, like you said, they're in like kind of a rebuild phase over there. And he's going to be the one that stands out. In my opinion, he's, you know, one of the ones that's helping carry their, carry their offense and he'll continue to get going. Yeah. yeah I mean, but it, it shows that you need more than it's more than a couple guys yeah. that, you know, like you need, you need a whole, a whole squad to be, uh, you know, effective in, uh, in the NFL as far as long-term success as a team, but as an individual, he's definitely a stud and I'm looking forward to uh, seeing his career plan out, you know, this, the rest of this year. Yeah. Uh, good player for sure. Definitely going to make some noise the rest of the season. Uh, really, really impressive guy. I, I think it's you're you're so right about the low center of gravity. That's funny. Just different styles of running backs, too, because then there are guys like Derrick Henry who are these massive dudes with like, you know, respect like comparatively in in context like s smaller legs he's not built like a james robinson or like a yeah a damian pierce like the, the squatty body is i mean that's gonna be tough for me to not laugh saying <laughs> that, but, um it just built differently different styles different strike zones uh and when you're a smaller guy like that i mean you obviously you could speak to this it's it's just the the, the ability to drive through with your legs it's a whole different thing yeah, because, I mean, the game is built off of, like, physics, right? Like, it's all about leverage, you know, velocity, you know, um, all these different, you know, factors that play into what how your body is created. And when we're shorter, you know, our leverage as far as blocking, as far as getting low, you know, usually you've heard the saying, you know, low man wins. Well, we're already shorter, so it's easy for me, <laughs> to, and I, don't, I have less body to move to get low, right, and to react. Um, and so I think that actually helps me protect myself too and stay, uh, stay healthy as far as being able to protect my lower body, because, you know, that's what you have to protect the most as a running back is well, first off the ball, um, then your lower body, right? Because you can't run without your knees and what, what do you need to run? You need your legs, right? You got to protect those things. 
Um, and so when you're able to, you know, drop your shoulders and protect yourself, take your hits on your, you know, your padding, you know, saves your, saves your legs and saves your, you know, career length, um, is being able to actually just take on, you know, these bigger workloads, um, because you're not getting as hitting the legs. I get hit in the shoulders all day. I don't care. Right. Yeah. Totally different thing. Um, so I don't know the, you're, you're right. The, the physics of football is so fascinating the leverage game and all that it's yeah God, what a what a what a good sport good good sport overall good good fun game, i would say but, one of the best <laughs> i would i would say the best but i'm super biased uh and you know like are, there's already probably way too much of my brain dedicated to to football that i always tell people i can't really get into other sports too too much because like if i did i'd start to forget you know my address uh you know where, where i live important names yeah. I'd come on this show and like, you know, butcher your name, butcher other people's names. We can't be having that, man. So football, the best sport for sure. Uh, I'll just go ahead and say that. So awesome game, Austin. Awesome win overall, man. Uh, And like you said, we'll just keep building on this thing going forward. You guys over there uh, with the Chargers, we'll just keep on building on it going forward. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. All right, now it's time to get into our Ask Austin mailbag segment. I don't know why I've not called it a mailbag segment so far. Mailbag. But, but wow. might as well just go ahead and say the mailbag. Um, remember, people, you can get any question answered by Austin and me, sort of, kind of, whatever. Ask Austin at yahoosports.com. Send emails, written, audio, video, whatever, to have Austin answer your question on a future episode. All right, first one here, and I think we can actually both tackle uh, at least parts of this. This one comes in from Hunter. I have always been curious about the complexities of route running. What makes it difficult? Why are some players so much better at it than others? There are These are all like crazy athletes competing at the highest level, so without trying to sound rude or crass, what about route running is so difficult? Um, Austin, I'll let you jump in on this first, obviously, because you do this on on a regular basis. Uh, I, I've told you about my set my side business, Reception Perception, where I'm chart. This is what I do. Like I chart route running, chart players. Uh, you told me years ago you're actually one of the only non wide receivers I've told about that. It was like, well, why aren't you charting running backs? I'm like, well, bro, I'm I'm trying to have a life too. You know, I, I, I <laughs> there's already enough wide receivers out there. So I, I'll let you jump in on this first, and I'll give my thoughts as well. So. I would I would say this um, with football, it's still a, it's still a, a game, right? A kid's game that, you know, we've just taken up to, a, you know, a very complex level. So the game is still simple conceptually. The game is very simple, but it's just not easy. You know, it, is, it gets even harder, the better athletes that the, the higher quality of athletic ability you have. Um, and what I mean by that is speed, right? Timing, physicality. I'll say, I guess, awareness, recognition. Uh, and what do I mean by those? Like, there's so many different factors when running a route. Is it man? Is it zone? What's the depth? Is Am I hot? Which means there's bl- there's one extra blitzer that's coming that I need to change my route. What type of coverage is it? 
Because, oh, if it's cloud coverage, which means cover two, I need to convert my route to this type of route now. And if it's if it's zone, okay, I need to have some spatial awareness to know, okay, I can, I'm supposed to keep running in this route. But if I ever feel like there's an open space, you know, when I'm out of my break, I can start to, you know, set it down a little bit and know where people are around, know where the quarterback's trying to throw it. So there's all of these little factors that you have to be able to adjust to physically and mentally within your route. You know, as you're running off the line, you can get some type of tell before the before the snap. But a lot of times people are moving all over the place. You know, if it's man, you have to be able to physically get open, which is not easy, um, especially as, you know, defensive players continue to get better and more physical. And so I would say there's there's a lot of different type of route runners, too. There's some that are more physical than others, some that are faster than others. So there's a lot of different strengths in running routes. And that's great because that allows us as offenses to have a lot of different types of plays that are designed to attack different types and parts of a defense. And it's, it's not that it's hard, but it's, I would say it's challenging to make sure you're having a good balance that makes the defense defend a bunch of different types of routes and a bunch of different types of route runners. And so with those different layers, it adds complexity onto the simple game, which makes it obviously harder to, you know, to execute at a high level, you know, week in and week out day to day so that's what i would have to say matt my my thoughts on this too you know as, as hunter points out you know everybody in the nfl is big fast and strong just like to what degree are you fast to what degree are you strong to what degree are you big whatever um my favorite part of route running and evaluating it is the deception part of it and i think that's the part that gets um i think overlooked by by most fans um great example uh cd lamb this past week against washington on his touchdown like you could tell he's selling the go route all the way and the corner's buying it because he keeps backing up keeps back and then he snaps back on the inside and he, it's a post route like that art of deception in order to work yourself open into just a you know big open space at that point because the safety's underneath like that is what I gets me so gassed up. Like I weirdly have like goosebumps talking about it because I think it's that cool. <laughs> like that that's what gets me gassed up about route running. Either you know being able to sell the vertical route, snapping back yeah. short, all that type of stuff. The deception and art and craft of it is my favorite part. Um, because obviously, like you can be as fast as you want, but if you're not a cra- like if you're not a craftsman as a player, like there's gonna be a certain I, I guess there'd be like a certain ceiling on who you could be as a player. But to me, the guys that are big, fast, and strong, and then they become great route runners, like those are the players who are really difficult to cover. I, I want to build on what you said. Uh, you were talking about the art of deception. I, I, I kind of just immediately went to dance. Like, think of dance. Like, all of us, all of us can dance. Like, all of us can run a five-yard hitch. But think of like you dancing, and think of like a professional dancer, and like watching right. them dance, and it's very coordinated. It's very you know thought out. It's you know systematic. It's on beat. It's on rhythm. It's it's like you're like you see them. You're like, oh, I can't do that. Nah, like yeah, that's yeah. that's next. Le- it's still <laughs> dance, but it's like you know a whole next level of dance. Or you could say that for pretty much any industry, um, as you know, it gets to the professional level. Um, so yeah, I would agree. There is there is an art to it. You know. Yeah, d- dance question- is a great thing too because you're like trying to obviously you're working in tandem with a partner as a dancer, whereas in the cornerback, you know, or whatever cornerback wide receiver relationship, just for example, is like an adversarial relationship, but you're almost trying to do the opposite of like with a dance partner where you're trying to move together. You're like, you're trying to get this cornerback to believe you're going one way before you, and then watching like guys release off slant routes or, or fade routes in the, in the end zone. uh, That I think is a really good way to, to 
kind of like they're almost dancing in in con in concert of each other so that's a really good way of nice. putting it um i could talk about this all day we won't do that though um next question comes <laughs> in from sammy what do you recommend to a new football fan when watching the game I, I read this question too uh sammy was talking about you know she's gotten really into into fantasy football but like w wanting to kind of expand when you're watching a game on sunday like beyond just I think the, the the mark of like a, a hardcore fan is they're watching more than just the ball, right? Um, like they're watching more things that are that are happening, and there's so much else going on off the ball. Um, so what would you recommend for a new football fan to watch for when kind of trying to get smarter about the game? I guess. Yeah, I think I think there's uh, levels to it, um, depending on you know how familiar or how aware is football part of your life you've been around it. But if if you're just brand new, like oh, I just you know, I'm coming into fantasy football, like I'm watching the games, but most part it's like tennis, right? Where people just, they're just watching the ball, you know, yeah, whoever's yeah. got the ball, go, go, you know, uh, that's like the typical newbie fan. But as far as if you wanted to add like some level of like trying to understand the game, here's what I would watch, you know, and it's, it's easier for me because I'm an off offensive guy. So like I watch sure. from an offensive perspective. I, we won't even talk about defense. I'll say just watch, watch offenses. Let's talk offense first. Watch the offense. I would say watch the, the O-line first. Like when the ball is hiked, you know, watch. I'm watching the O-line. Are they blocking everybody? And then you can get to where the ball is thrown later on. Um, but that's where everything starts for us. Everything starts with the protection, whether it's run game, pass game, right? Then you can progress down, right? Okay, yeah, okay, I'm watching the O-line. Oh, they're doing well. Like you start to get a gauge. Is, are they doing well or not? Is there people running at the quarterback, right? That's yeah. how you can tell. If the O-line is doing well or doing not, is there people running back the quarterback? Is the running back getting hit in the backfield or not? Um, then you can start to start to formulate some type of opinion about their O-line. And then you start to, I guess, go out from there, right? Okay, now we're running the ball. You know, are we getting four, three, five, six yards, maybe more than that? Then you can start to evaluate the running back a little bit, see how efficient they are and how they're meshing with the O-line. Like everything works together. So it's like, if the running back is tackled, it's not because the running back su sucks all the time. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't make a guy miss. Maybe he missed a cut. But there's everything moves and is morphs together, right? So now we're going to passing, right? After the O-line's blocked, okay, now I'm watching where the quarterback is. He throws the ball. All right, is the, is the receiver open, right? Now we're, now we're watching receiver. If you have certain players that are on your fantasy team, I would watch them too. Like watch them, see, see their route running. They're not going to get the ball every time, but like watch them. Are they, are they getting open? You know, are they catching the ball? Are they blocking in the run game? Are they running the ball efficiently? They make people miss. And so just little things like that, I would say start there, right? Start there. Yeah. Start watching position groups at a time um, and maybe your individual people to just to help you uh, just further the game. And then I would also say this on top of that, learn the positions. Um, yes. That'll help you too. Uh, I gl I'm glad that you brought up the offensive line part of it because it, it is sort of like everything begins there. Good example last night with the uh, Los Angeles Rams, you know, getting their ass kicked up front by the 49ers. Those 49ers, man, they're mm. tough defense to go against. And you can sort of build the rest of the narrative from there because with receivers, it's hard because they run off screen for the for the most part, right? Like, and so you can't really tell. Like, are they getting open downfield? Well, it's like. If Matt Stafford doesn't have time to to find these guys downfield, it doesn't even matter like whether they're open or not, or, or and the whole timing of the play is thrown off because the offensive line is letting guys in stuff like that. So that is yeah. a great way to start because you can sort of trickle down the rest of it from there. Um, yeah. Last question we'll we'll tackle here in the uh, mailbag segment. 
Um, this one comes in from JD. I'll see something like, quote, player was limited in practice or player wasn't seen in the part of practice open to the media. Can you talk about the different reports we hear and how you consume and understand these type of reports? And um, what do you typically do with your fantasy teams based on the knowledge of injuries, both in the weekly term and the long term? For example, if somebody has a high ankle sprain, are you like, well, that guy won't be the same for the rest of the season? Um, I know the answer to this is probably going to be it's going to at least I would answer it's like a case by case basis. And we on the outside really don't know, like anybody, I think that is is trying to say, like, well, this guy's not gonna be the same for the rest the rest of the season because of his high ankle sprain. That might be true. It, that very well might be the reason that a guy can has a high ankle sprain and the rest of their season goes to hell. But it's really, really hard to say. And as somebody with no medical, <laughs> no medical background, no knowledge, uh, my ability to speak on it is really tough. I mean, mine is too. I, I have no medical background, but I've just been around it enough to kind of have this understanding that it is tough. Like it's tough. Cause like I go through it too. I'm looking at my, okay. I'm like, okay, I got a guy that's questionable or doubtful. Okay. What's going on. I'll look at the injury report, right? Like, you know, it's, it's a hamstring, it's a quad, it's a shoulder did not practice. And so I always wait to the last day um, yeah. because the, the, like, right before game day like what was the final report then um because if if someone didn't practice i had a couple weeks last year where i didn't practice at all during the entire week but i still played in the game because I, I dealt with the whole ankle sprain since week three last year and the entire season it sucks but you know you just you kind of work through that. that's that's football for you you know it doesn't wait for you to to get healthy and it is a case by case like what are we dealing with here you know what's it is if it's high ankle sprain yeah i'm a little cautious cuz ankle is like uh if if it's the first week right um and then there's always that period where it's like okay he had this this ankle sprain he went and played on it you know maybe he played didn't get that much he was limited in the game type of thing so there's so many factors it really is okay let me look into the situation right if it's lower body i'm definitely more concerned than if it's upper body that's plain and simple. If someone's got a shoulder, okay, they're probably going to, you know, take, tape it up, whatever. They'll get in there. They'll be able to play through it. Lower body makes me a little bit more nervous. But, man, it's, it's so hard to ask, ask or answer that question because how, yeah. how serious is it, you know? Yeah, we just, we just don't know on the outside. And by the way, I think teams are weirder with the injury report. I don't, I don't know if it's, like, the right way to say it, but it's every team is so different with the injury report, how they manage it, how they operate it. I mean – Guys can number one be dealing with something that you never even know about right until the end of the season. Then it kind of you know you squint your eyes at the team and like, aren't you supposed to report that stuff? But whatever, that's another another thing. Um, and also like, I mean, everybody is like limited now that they, like they used to have the probable thing, and then when they did away with that, it's like, well, shoot, everybody's questionable. So I'm with Austin that for me and like, I mean, obviously if a guy's questionable and you're you're following like beat reporters and and folks who are tied into the team you know, the, prepare a contingency plan in case they don't play. Like, I don't want to hear folks out there complaining about, oh, Alvin Kamara was ruled out at the, at the boarding of the London game. But you, he was questionable. You should have had a, You should have had a backup plan ready in place. Also, you should be waking up early in the morning. Like, be accountable, for God's <laughs> sakes, people. But anyways, this is another topic. Like, you just want to have backup plans. But I do want, I do want to encourage folks to wait to the end of the week. Um, because that's yeah, when most sure. information is going to be available. Like if for you're sure. seeing, if don't be freaking out on Tuesday because of a questionable tag. That's kind of the long and right. short of it. Um, but anyways, those are our questions for the week. Ask Austin at yahoosports.com. Make sure you send in your audio, video, just regular old text questions. Doesn't matter. These are some great ones this week, and we would love to. Uh, we'll, we would love to uh, just have some have some good ones going forward. 
All right, so let's move into our uh, as the AFC West turn segment. Um, a lot of interesting results this week. You know, the Chiefs really had a great game against the Buccaneers. You know, Patrick Mahomes looking incredible. That was awesome to see. I mentioned, uh, Austin, that you are the RB5 on the season. The guy ahead of you, CEH, sort of like the uh, the opposite of your season in a way that, like, he hasn't gotten a ton of touches. Like, on a, on a per-touch basis, he's been incredible scoring touchdowns. You had the big touchdown game last week. He's, like, just ripping off touchdowns at a high clip. That's what's going to happen when you play for the Chiefs offense. But um, any thoughts on what you've seen out of CEH throughout the, the Clyde Edwards-Alaire throughout the course of his career? Uh, yeah. I mean, especially early on in his career, man, I thought he was really efficient. He actually really impressed me his rookie year. Um, and then he obviously, you know, dealt with some injuries over this past few years. And I feel like still trying to figure out how they're going to really utilize him over there. It's, he's still, I feel like trying to get a role going. And I know that's, I, I, to me, I think that's frustrating for a player. Where it's like, man, I feel like I could be used more, but I'm not really getting the opportunities or they're very limited. But I mean, I do see who they have as quarterback. And I, I, you have to understand the dynamic there where it's like, hey, this guy's doing everything, doing the most, right? Like we need guys like that uh, to help us uh, keep our view count up as the NFL, make it more exciting. Uh, but as a player, <laughs> yeah, as in the running back position, it's like, man, like, like you feel like you had a good rookie season, came in, had another song second season, or then end up getting you know injured. But it's like, like you're trying to get back in the rhythm of getting your role back. Uh, I think that's where he's sitting at right now I, I have no idea but um I, I would imagine that's how he's feeling uh, always trying to you know do what you can to control what you can but I mean you're always trying to do more for your team um and especially when you feel like you've had success which I think he has had success and showed that he can he can run the ball um and is actually very efficient to even against us you know he had he ripped a couple runs um that I was like yeah this guy's this guy's got some yeah. skill man I remember yeah, he got the best of Derwin on one play. And I was like, that guy is not easy to run over. And he just mm. trucked Derwin. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to see his season play out a little bit more. Uh, but I think he'll get into more of a role. I think he's going to have to for that offense uh, to be more well-rounded, which, I mean, Mahomes will keep doing his thing. But to become an elite, elite offense, you got to be able to officially run the ball, especially late in, late in the season. Yeah, RB is such a rhythm position i think people um don't give that enough of enough credit at least i remember how conversation i had with reese jones drew years ago back when we were on the same show at nfl network and and that was something he always talked about like sometimes when you're in a committee you know and there's no like rhythm to the committee you get out of rhythm as a runner but that's a whole nother thing um let's talk about this running back situation in denver real quick because raiders get their first win 32 23 over the denver broncos fall to two and two with russ bummer for Javante Williams going to miss the rest of the season with a pretty serious knee injury. Um, your, your former backfield mate, Melvin Gordon also on this team, four fumbles in, in four weeks, uh, for Melvin. Um, any thoughts Oof. just on, 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 you know, what that situation over there, Mike Boone's a guy who might get some more run. They also just signed Latavius Murray. Uh, talk about like that might end up being like a three-way split that doesn't look so good for anybody getting in a rhythm, man. Yeah. So yeah, Javante bro, man, that, it sucks, man, because it sucks. Because man, this man's just an absolute so stud good, out yeah. there, man. Yeah. So fun to watch. Watching this man just blow through everybody, carrying people on his back, spin move, post hand, running people over, doing everything he should be uh, as a running back. You know, carrying the rock over there and making it exciting. Like we need, like 
we need people probably wonder like, why are you getting excited? Like I get excited for players to make plays. Cause that's what makes the league so exciting to watch. It's exciting to compete in like things like that. Like, so we need those types of people to stay healthy. Uh, but obviously, you know, we can't control everything. Um, and I, yeah, I went back and watched that, man. It didn't even look like it was even that crazy too. That's, I know, that's the yeah. thing, man. Like sometimes yeah. it's like, it's not even the, the craziest hit. It's just like it, your foot was just twisted wrong or just some, there's a luck factor that plays into it. So that's, that sucks. Um, you know, I talked about the importance of, you know, lower body as a running back and just a runner in general. So important. And just, you know, he's got to make sure he recovers from that. Cause we need to, to see his, his, his butt back on the field, man, making yeah. some plays. And then Melvin. Yeah. I, I know, man, like, I know that's eating him up as any runner, man, you never want to be turning the ball over and just to have, you know, that type of, that type of funk that he's in right now is just mentally, I feel like draining for yourself. Cause I know he's probably been practicing, like just making an emphasis on it in practice and then come out and it happens again. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not giving up on that guy. Like that dude's yeah, a baller. Sure. He'll, he'll come back. It's still early. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really unfortunate, but I know the type of runner Melvin is and he'll continue to, to put out some beastly highlights and make, make some plays for them. And then, yeah, they're bringing in some more people. Like they're trying to figure out too. They're trying to figure out the shuffle. This is the NFL. You deal with injuries, you deal with people playing, you know, more than expected, less than expected. Like it's how can we get this combination to flow the best? That's what we're all trying to figure out, you know, as teams. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely not giving up on Melvin Gordon. It's like, I always feel bad for guys that get, outright like benched for fumbling because i'm like man it feels like it's gonna just get in your head more in a way it's right like, uh, i saw so i always feel for guys there but I, i'm not giving up on melvin either man i mean uh, it's a good guy to have around in the case of an injury but uh obviously last thing we'll talk about here before we throw to our dale uh earnhardt uh, jr interview you got a big game coming up against the cleveland browns who have been pretty good with jacoby Brissett there under center but nick chubb man that guy is the engine of the offense he's number one Sheesh. fantasy back right now what makes nick chubb so good uh real quick before we throw to dale here well the guy is an absolute menace in the weight room <laughs> yeah oh, right oh I've my god i've never seen a god. squat bar bend like what what is what is that like that's, <laughs> that's gotta be that. some that's gotta be some type of special bar if that's a normal bar and it's better like that i think it's about to split in half on his back but yeah. regardless he had 600 pounds on so i don't care what kind of bar you're using yeah. if you got 600 pounds on your back oh my god so yeah this man like I, I was watching him like do like cleans with 400 pounds. Like did a couple reps. Like dude is a machine when it comes to just physical, you know, just physical physique, right? Like he's just a hard dude to tackle and he's fast. He's physical. He runs hard. He runs efficient. He hits the holes like he gets it. And so, I mean, what else do I have the guy to say? That's why it's hard to bring that guy down. <laughs> yeah, he, he's an absolute superstar. All right, we got Dale Earnhardt Jr. coming up here next. Let's get to that interview. Joining us now is NASCAR Hall of Famer, two-time winner of the Daytona 500, absolute legend from the great state of North Carolina. <laughs> it's Dale Earnhardt Jr. Dale, how we doing, man? I'm doing great. Um, yeah, just kind of cruising through the early part of the week here, getting ourselves ready for another race weekend. Uh, we have a, we're kind of in the middle of the back end of our year in NASCAR closing out the year, grinding it down to the last few weeks to celebrate whoever the champion becomes. And um, so it's a pretty exciting time for us right now and a lot of great storylines going on in the sport. Yeah, I'm curious, Dale, um, how has your transition been? Like, how are you involved right now in NASCAR? Obviously, you know, you've had success and then it's been a huge part of your life. Now, how are you giving back now or keeping yourself, you know, in that space? That's a That's a great question. So, when I decided that I was going to quit driving race cars full time, 
I knew that I still wanted to be at a racetrack and I still wanted to, that just feels like home to me and it's the most comfortable place for me. And I just couldn't stop going to a racetrack cold Turkey and never, never do that again. But I needed a job. I needed a, a role. I'd been going to the racetrack with a role, with a job, being part of a team, being, being an asset in some way. And so I needed that to continue. Uh, I went to a race one time without any responsibility and I didn't know, I didn't know what to do with myself. I didn't right. know. I felt like I was in the way everywhere I stood <laughs> and that was a bad feeling. I didn't like that. So luckily I was, uh, I, um, dealt with some concussions in my career and I was out of the race car for a few weeks and they asked me to come into the broadcast booth and I thought, you know, I need to show people that I'm okay. That'll be a great way for me to kind of get on camera, be talking so people can kind of see that I'm not in real trouble here with this concussion. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I got out of the, you know, I went into the booth for about an hour and did, uh, did a little segment of, uh, during the middle of a race. And, uh, I really enjoyed it. And I've always kind of admired some of the broadcasters in our sport and some of the radio, uh, broadcasters and so forth, but I never saw myself, you know, being able to do that. I was always very shy and, um, um, kind of, um, not, I just didn't see myself as a, as a journalist, a media, a media head or anything right. like that. So anyways, I got a lot of response after that. I got some texts from some friends of mine. They were like, man, if you ever really wanted to do that, you could be good at it. And so I think awesome. also the networks noticed that. And, and when I got done driving, they contacted me and said, Hey, we want you to do this. So I got really scared about it because I was going to be on TV doing live TV is terrifying, but it's kind of the same adrenaline rush I got behind the wheel of the car. Obviously, nice. you don't get to, yeah, yeah you awesome. don't get to get out and, and hold a trophy <laughs> right, up at the end right. of the day. There's no championship to win, but it yeah. is a it is a, a rush. Yeah, it, it keeps you relevant in the space too. You know, that's true. And then, I mean, who who better to have right than some than a you know a veteran like yourself who's you know calling out what you see, you know, giving some more yeah. insight from someone who's been doing it. I can actually relate a lot. That's how this show came to be. You know, yeah. someone who's been in obviously the fantasy football space in the NFL space and was talking about it. And it's like I had this opportunity presented like, hey, would you want to you know, start a show and actually talk about it? Give your insight, give some perspective from someone who's been in it. So, I'm, you know, I told myself, Austin, that I was going to watch the races anyways. So I would might as well be sitting there, right. you know, watching yeah. it at the event, talking about it. I'm a fan. I was a fan first before I became a driver. And I just get to revert back to being a fan. Nice. And really, uh, you know, it's it comes pretty natural. Love that. It's a totally different skill set, though. I think fa- real fans just don't even give like commentators enough credit. Like, I try to never be that, that guy, like, when you're watching NFL games or whatever, just like, giving the commentator a bunch of grief man because it's yeah. hard to talk for like i tell people you you try talking for like three straight hours and not saying something stupid like it's it's impossible i can't go more than five minutes without like saying something <laughs> stupid so it's a yeah. t- it's a tough skill set to to try to because there are guys that have been great football players and they get into commentating it's just it's a different skill set man so shout out to you for making that transition I uh, I said a lot of stupid stuff there early on when I got into the broadcast booth and I took it personal and I'd go on social media and oh, look no, at the yeah. you know criticism. Mm. I know you're not supposed to do that, man, but we're humans and we yeah. we, we yeah. look for I feed off of affirmation. Right. And so I would go, you know, a lot of times I get that off of social media. And so I would go there and be like, man, I screwed up. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm going to get better. Just hang in there with me. 
And um, so I kind of engaged that way uh, online. Um, but then I turned, it turned for me probably in the last two years to where when I screw up, I have fun. I kind of lean into it. Right. And I yeah. have fun with it because I know it's going to happen. There's right. nothing I can do. Right? right. And, and when you make that mistake, you just got to kind of laugh, mm-hmm. laugh with it. Uh, and, um, you know, it just, I thought one day I'm going to, you know, one day I won't make any more mistakes. Well, that's not realistic. Nah, right, right. 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 Yeah. yeah. I'm curious. Cause I mean, this is fan. We talk about fantasy football in here. Um, there's a thing and I don't know how familiar you are with like fantasy, uh, like NASCAR fantasy, it's fantasy NASCAR. Yeah. Did you ever have like comments about those, about your driving, like when you're active and things like that? Luckily for me, Austin, um, NAS, uh, fantasy NASCAR wasn't super big back when I was racing. So I mm. didn't get the kind of criticism yeah. that I think the guys probably get now. Yeah. Um, and you know, what's funny is I play fantasy NASCAR. Now we have a group oh, wow. of, of folks that kind of play and, um, and I play, I played fantasy football for years when a driver does bad for whatever reason, I don't feel the same way I do when, when a player, when a player doesn't get the numbers right. And my fantasy team. Okay. It's so weird. Okay. So it's, because, a di- it's a different feel, huh? But I don't know why. I really don't know why, because it's the same thing. Right. And you know, that driver didn't run well and, it, and I didn't get the points to mm-hmm. win, but you know, I don't know. I think that we're, we're so competitive with fantasy football in our little leagues with our friends. And there's so much pride on the line and, mm-hmm. And, you know, and you feel like uh, a real loser when you don't do well. Right, right. So, <laughs> you know, I'm curious. Let's, you let's do. Th- you do. You feel like the worst. Like yeah. you're, you're like, out of the 12 friends in this league, like you're the worst guy in <laughs> yeah, the league. It's like, right. Right you know, so, but. I'm curious more about that story. Um, like when you got started into fantasy football, like, is it the same group? Uh, can you tell us a little more about that? Yeah, we got a league. It's called the Basement League. The reason why we call it the basement league is because we we do all my, we do all the drafts at my house in my basement. That I have a little nice. bar downstairs, and that's just why we call it the basement league. But it's that's just we've it. had that league, man. We've had that league forever. It's been it's been around for at least fifteen years. Wow, um, wow, probably more than probably more, maybe more than that. But um, it's a blast. It's there's it's about twelve of us, and I would say that six or eight or original members and it it's i have have been in more than one league during a year but that is my league yeah and that will be my league and it, uh, it's it's a lot of fun i enjoy it and this year i got i'm four and oh after uh sunday oh, right. oh, shout out yeah, right, let's good. go yes things are going well <laughs> um so i'm enjoying it i've had a couple championship seasons and there and, you go uh, yeah, I was gonna it's say, a lot of fun. I was gonna say 15 years. That's that makes that's sense why time. you're so passionate about it, right? And that's what yeah. I that's what I love about fantasy sports. There's obviously some toxicity in there, but for the most part, it brings people together, it keeps them invested in the game and themselves and the community, and it brings something that they're looking forward to every year during football season. I'll tell you one thing that it did for me, Austin, is up until I played fantasy, I just watched I was a big Washington Commanders fan, and I still yeah. am today. And um, it's been a difficult 30 years, but uh, (laughs) I, um, I am, I'm loyal and it never will change no matter what, but uh, I only watched watching Washington games only. Mm. Right. I I really didn't care about any other team. 
if Washington, you know, obviously I'm gonna watch the Super Bowl, but yeah. otherwise I had nothing in the nothing in it. And so when I started playing fantasy, man, I'm watching other teams, I'm learning about other players, I know, you know, all of these things right. about the game that, that I I paid no attention to before. So yeah. I really appreciate that about about fantasy sports is because it really it I was only probably tapping into about 10% of the enjoyment of the game. Right. Until I played fantasy. Right. And fantasy really opened it up for me. And so now I'm watching, I'm watching games that, you know, I'd never be watching just yeah. this one player. Because you got one player. And that's that's yeah. the beauty of it, man. Yeah. I love it. So that's why I do this show, right? Because I'm like, yeah. I know there's a lot of people that have a lot of, you know, they're relying on me, right? They have a yeah. lot invested in me, you know. And <laughs> you know, and so it's like, hey. Let me let me show that I appreciate you all for investing that time for, you know, having my back, for supporting me, for wanting me to do well, uh, because yeah. it's such a rare moment in our careers where we have all this exposure, you know, nationwide. Um, yeah. And so with the sports betting and the fantasy football, it allows us to have these people that personally know us. I have more fans across, you know, sports betting, fantasy football than I do for the Chargers, probably like 10 to one, probably maybe even more than that. Um, and yeah. so that's like, man, it's so special to be able to take part of that. It's kind of like getting back to what you're doing right now, where now, you know, people know who you are, but now you have these opportunities that are presented because of, you know, the legacy uh, that you set for yourself. And now people want you to come back to the game, come back to the sport um, and hear what you have to say. Um, so it's, you know, it's a, it's a time where I'm trying to take advantage. So can I, I can kind of go down the path that you're going down, right. Where now you're Man. giving back to the game. Um, so it's, it's yeah. really fun. That's cool yeah. that you're, um, that's cool that you're seeing that and acting on it. And I wondered, you know, when I first started getting in getting into fantasy, I knew that it was like this additional pressure for a player, right. Oh, yeah. It's, it's kind of, and a lot of players I imagine were like, man, I don't want this pressure i don't love the negativity that comes along with it and i wonder you know if that's changed over the years if it's still the same for some players some players don't appreciate it or don't want it as part of the part of their world or part of what's going on or things they're thinking about but it seems like you have a little bit different uh, approach to it yeah you know i i've kind of recognized it as an opportunity um, because yeah, there's going to be, there's look, there's going to be toxicity in any community that you're involved in, right? That's yeah. just how communities go. There's people that are happy, people that want things changed. And so they're going to have this conflict. It's actually a good thing because it keeps us being competitive, keeps us pushing to be the best, you know, to serve all, uh, or attempt to. And so I've seen, okay, there's a bunch of people that support me. How can I use this to my advantage? Right. How can I, cause in the NFL, it's a very concentrated time in our life where it's like there's a bunch of exposure, there's the monetary gain, there's the coolness factor of playing on Sundays, and there's all these different benefits. And it's like, it's not going to last very long. The average career is like 2.9 years. And so I need to really take advantage of this time where I have all of these things so I can set myself up to have options when I'm done playing. Yeah. Yeah. So I absolutely. So you're 4-0 this year. Yeah. I'm curious. I have Everyone that's come on here, I've just asked, like, what is the is there a punishment for getting last? Do you guys have that in in the base? Yeah, <laughs> basically we do a forty dollar buy in in our league, and it's I think um, I think it's like three hundred and something for the winner, and uh, and second place gets the rest. I think third place gets his money back, but the last place has to buy the forty dollar buy in for the champion. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, so last place is going to spend 80 bucks to get back into the league next year. Yeah. And that's kind of the thing. I mean, I know there's probably more sensational punishments. It's all and, good. Um, but I always wondered, man, if it was really, if, it, you know, when you have a sensational sort of, you know, 
thing that the loser has to do. I mean, how do you even hold that guy accountable? He could just balk and walk away and say, I don't even want to be in the league anymore if I've got to do that. You know, because you get people that'll say, yeah, yeah, okay, if I finish last, yeah, yeah, that's fun. That'll be great for the last place guy to do until it's them. Yeah. Right. And then when it's sure. them, then all of a sudden it's crickets. Like, hey, have you seen <laughs> Billy? We can't find Billy. Billy won't answer our calls. Billy's, we, Billy's moved out of the state. Gone. Billy's He's left gone. the country. <laughs> <laughs> we had uh, we had Cam Jordan, the defensive end uh, pass rusher for the New Orleans Saints on the show, and he told us about, you know, he had to go, like, sit in a Waffle House for X amount of hours and, like, do the whole Waffle Challenge thing, which is, I think, a little <laughs> better. Than, like, I never like when people have to get outright, like, publicly embarrassed, um, yeah. like, stand on a street corner and hold some sign. I mean, if it's the sign, yeah. like, I suck at fantasy football, I, I guess. Because, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, why are you not just bailing on the, you know, the whole thing at that point? But fun ones like that that, uh, you know, and he was like, you know, my, my friends were telling me, you better FaceTime in from, from the Waffle House. You better send pictures, all that type of stuff. So I guess there are ways people can be, can be held accountable. That sounds awesome. like a lot of work. Yeah, for yeah, sure. It's a lot I always got to ask. I always got to ask. It's always super yeah. interesting. Um, so, well, I appreciate your time, Dale. Man, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, no. Dale, before we let you go, we do want to hear about your uh, your new children's book, uh, Buster's Trip yes. to Victory Lane. Uh, tell us about that, man. Yeah, I got the book right here. Um, Buster's Trip to Victory Lane. I'm, I'm a uh, father of two girls, Isla and Nicole, four and one year old. And when they, uh, you know, came into my life, also a lot of children's books started flooding the house. And I was really interested as to why they were uh, attracted to just certain books. And you'll have a hundred, when you become a father, you're going to end up with this tiny little library of, kid, of children's books. And you'll have multiple copies of, of the same book and so forth. But the kids will only gravitate towards specific ones and they'll want that same book every night and so I've written books about my career and so forth but never anything geared toward children so I was kind of interested in the challenge to what 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 interests a child what is it about children's books that that they connect with and so I wanted to try to see if I could write a book that my kids would like and so um, hopefully one day down the road both of my girls hopefully will enjoy this uh, story about Buster but hopefully down the road, as I get older, I'll have guys and girls coming up to me saying, man, I read this book when I was little. And, awesome. it, and it's a, one of my favorite books when I was a kid. That'll mean a lot to me. Uh, the book is, uh, you know, Buster goes through a lot of challenges and, and, uh, and learns a lot about himself and his friends. But there's a lot of little Easter eggs in the book as well. Buster, the uh, star of the book, that's my father's nickname when he was a little boy. They used to call him Buster. Oh, wow. There's a couple other little Easter eggs in there that are that connect to me personally that I'm proud of, but hopefully people like it. Where can we where can we find it? And anywhere books are sold, but you can get it on Amazon pre-order now. Um, the book should be on the shelves in October. I'm going to do some book signings and a few other things and a lot of media about it over the next several several weeks. So awesome. Um, yeah, we're hoping that people enjoy it. Yeah, I always I always appreciate when you know people are giving back in some form of way because. I, I had the saying, it takes people to help people, right? Like mm -hmm. my, my says, my shirt says, be the best you, right? And a lot of times, you know, we all need outside people to help us. And it's little things like that, like giving that opportunity for that connection for, you know, some type of caretaker to a child that I remember my mom reading me this dinosaur book, you know, when I was three years old, like a little itty bitty one, right? So things like yeah. that, that can make an impact. So yeah, absolutely appreciate you sharing that today. And I'm hoping, uh, yeah, people can find some type of value within the story with Buster as well. Well, I appreciate y'all having me on. It's been great to talk to you, Matt. Austin, it's awesome, awesome to meet you. I can't wait to go on my fantasy chat and tell all my buddies <laughs> that I got to talk to you today. Likewise. And, um, yeah. 
uh, they'll be excited to hear that and appreciate you guys giving me some time. Yep. Thank Amazing. you, Dale. Thanks appreciate so much, it. Dale. Appreciate it. Yep. All right. That's going to do it for us. Awesome interview with Dale Earnhardt Jr. from Mooresville, North Carolina. Love to see that. Thanks to him for joining us uh, on this episode. Austin, thanks to you as always for joining yeah. us here on yeah, Wednesday, man. man. I love to always hear how fantasy football is helping others stay connected because we didn't really get to talk about it in the interview, but just like that fa- that friend group that he's had now for 15 years 15 have stayed years, together. Yeah. And they, that's another reason that they get to stay together. And they look forward to probably, you know, going down to the basement with Dale and, you know, at the bar or in his bar in his basement and uh, have some good times drafting their their team. So yeah, I, I, love I love too it. that he just was like, oh, you know, and he's Dale Earnhardt. He's a he's a legend. He's like, it's a $40 buy-in, like casual league in the days. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, wow. So, celebrity, modest, celebrities, yeah. just like us. Yeah. We love to yeah, see yeah. it. Yeah, I love it, love it. That's going to do it for us. You can follow Austin on Twitter or Instagram at Austin Eckler. Uh, you can follow me at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. And while you're there, make sure you're following at Yahoo Fantasy. I will be back tomorrow with Dalton Del Don for the Stat Nerd Thursday episode of the week. Oh, man, what a heater. Dalton coming off a big win with his 49ers. Until then, we are out. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader.